Hey, this is Brad Biley, and you just found Insights, the most listened to podcast by recruiters and staffing owners who want to learn what's working in recruitment and digital marketing. If you're new to the show, here's what you can expect to hear. Every other week, Matt Lozar, Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing, and I, our Director of Digital Marketing, break down what's working for staffing and recruiting firms across North America. But Insights is not a marketing show. It's a show built to help you get more job orders and more applications. And whether you stumbled upon the show or you're here on purpose, we're glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's up? This is Brad Biley, and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Hilly Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are we feeling this week, buddy? We're doing very well, Brad. How are you? I'm good. We're recording this a week prior, but uh, heading out to the Colorado Staffing Association's annual conference very soon. Uh, actually, when this episode drops, I'll be probably speaking or flying to the conference. So that that's fun. Um, honestly, man, one of my favorites every year to attend. I think it's a great group of people, great association, great organization. If you are in the Denver area, even the the outskirts, right? Cherry Creek, whatever might be around there. Aurora, that's, that's talking Colorado with Brad. Um, highly recommend attending the conference. If you don't get in this year, definitely next year. How you been though, buddy? We've been good. Um, enjoying our summer. I've, I've, I've learned through my brother about the, the beauty of eBay, Love eBay and how Pokemon is very popular on eBay and well, well, 30 second story time. So my dad saves up, saves everything, right? He's that parent and he saved the boxes from Pokemon video games from my brothers and I were young. Apparently, those are worth something on eBay these days, like hundreds of dollars for a box, not the game. The game is the commodity. Buddy, you know, I got into sports cards and trading cards heavily about a year ago, heavily. Um, I mean, I sold a Jordan Love rookie card for $1,600 a little while ago. Uh, I went through a Pokemon phase as well. I started buying the complete uh, fossil set uh, first edition got pretty close. I haven't finished it yet, but a uh, little nostalgia there. Pretty cool. You can get them on eBay for the right price. But I, dude, I love eBay. I think, um, you know, if I'm just gonna kind of scroll and and binge a, a platform, eBay is actually one of my favorite things to do, especially if you're just looking to to get something. Um, but yeah, friends of the program, do not throw out Pokemon anything. If you have anything original Pokemon and you're like, oh shoot, I think I'm gonna throw this out. Shoot me an email first. Let's talk about it because I will gladly talk about what you have and what you're looking to get rid of. Matt, it's a fun market, man. It is a real fun market to be a part of. Yeah, it's it's nice. I've seen some families get into it. Um, it's been it's been good to see. So it's 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 an interesting world, and you know that's that's our that's our make your money side hustle scheme from um, Insights today. You know what I've actually learned, man, is is people want to buy everything, whether it's eBay. Facebook Marketplace, it, you can sell anything, Matt. Like there's a market. People want to buy things, and it's it's sort of interesting. Like I I sell a lot on Facebook Marketplace. People just want your stuff. I sold, um, what did we sell? Patio something or another furniture. I had 15 responses by the time I woke up in the morning. Yeah, people want stuff. It's interesting. Like I said, it's uh, or like you said, it's a nice little side side hustle kind of thing, but it's also just like getting rid of clutter, right? And I I hate clutter. I hate having things around me. So just uh, getting rid of stuff that we don't need anymore. I love Facebook Marketplace, love eBay. 
Um, but yeah, man, that's that's talking money with Matt and Brad and also a little segment there on talking Colorado, which was interesting. What do you say, man? You want to get to the show? Let's go. I mentioned I'm traveling to speak at the Colorado Staffing Association's annual conference uh, coming up here middle of August. By the time we record this episode, Matt um, actually will be at the show or by, by the time we release the episode. And one of the sessions that I'm leading is how do you know your marketing's working? And, and Matt, I was sort of on this wave of, well, how do you know your marketing is working? And I want to pitch it to you first. From a recruitment marketing standpoint, how do you know things are working? That's a good question. There's a lot of ways we can go. Um, I would go with a couple of things. There's the simple, basic way of knowing if it's looking working. If you're getting applies, if you're getting applies at the cost you want on the jobs you want. I think that's the the most basic way to look at your recruitment marketing. Um, then you could, you know, do you want to get applies at one dollar, two dollars? You need fifty applies on a job, hundred applies on a job. Excuse me. Um, that's the simple way to look at it. It's okay. It can be better. I think you take it to the next level. You can look at quality of candidate. You can look at am I getting? You know, how many applies does it take for me to get placement or to get a send out? Um, maybe not a placement because you know, kind of goes beyond your scope when you send out some candidates. So I think you look at cost per quality candidate, which can be a nice metric. And then the next, the final level, if you really want, you know, level three here, I think could be what's the return on that investment? And I'm working on this with a company out in California where they have some level one, level two jobs. Level one or one of the levels is, you know, higher level nursing, MRI techs, those, those more difficult to place healthcare jobs. The next other level is, you know, medical assistants, non-clinical jobs, easier to fill jobs. So we were looking at it and saying, okay, I don't remember the num- numbers exactly, but for the harder to fill, it was $500 per send out for them. They had to spend on job advertising. On the other ones, it was like 160 and change. So you need to then go look at, okay, if I'm spending this much on my recruitment marketing, what's my gross margin? What's my revenue? What's coming back? And I think that's probably a really in-depth answer. I don't know if you were expecting, Brad, but I kind of look at it of like, that's how I would know from recruit marketing if your marketing's working. I love really, really analyzing the data. And I think the biggest challenge that I see throughout the industry when we look at, well, is our marketing working is we don't know what data to look at to determine whether or not it is working. And Matt, the the analogy that I might paint is very much like weight training or working out or being on some sort of fitness journey. What is the goal when you set out on that journey? Are you looking to increase a specific lift? Do you want your bench to be 225? Is that the goal? Is your goal to lose 20 pounds or gain 20 pounds? Um, is your goal to have, you know, visible abs or a visible six pack? What is the goal on paper? Why you're doing the things you're doing now? The challenge there is after a year, if you sort of change direction and you say, well, you know, my bench didn't get to 225, but you lost 20 pounds. Did it not work? Did the gym not work for you? No, it did. You're just sort of looking at a different metric. You're 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 looking at something different. So you can't easily articulate whether or not it's working because you're looking at something that wasn't the original goal. So we always need to know, and, and friends to bring this back full circle, we need to know what 
the business goal is from your marketing. And Matt talked about that with applications. He talked about that with, with cost per application. What are you trying to achieve? And if we know, okay, it's to generate, you know, 160 applications in the month of September. That is our goal for this specific role. Okay. Did the marketing tactics you deployed get you 160 applications? Yes or no? You had a goal. Did you reach it? That to me, Matt, is how we laser in on is this working or not? Now, it gets difficult, super difficult. Let's say you're creating content. Does the blog have an impact on applications? How do you figure out that metric? How do you look into that, right? And there's ways to do that. But Matt, I think for me, the the biggest challenge and why I consistently hear my marketing isn't working is because we never defined what the marketing, our marketing was trying to do in the first place. And if we don't have that, then how the heck are we going to know if it's working or not? I hear a lot with, I hear, I hear education in what you're saying in that because it has to be a business goal, but it has to like we talk about smart goals all the time, it has to be a realistic goal. If you start a blogging program, is it going to lead to a thousand applications next month? No, it will not. And and if you just left your couch today, could you run a marathon? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not Barney Stinson from How I Met Your Mother when he did it in a suit. <laughs> right. But no, I could not. Right. But break down that goal a little further. Well, you're saying, could you run out? Could you get a thousand applications from a blogging program? No, not not today. If you've never blogged before, absolutely not. Right? It's it's not going to be a night and day difference if you've never had a blog before. But if the goal was to drive more traffic to a conversion page, to the job board, to a to a a services page, to a contact page, to then get people closer down the end of the funnel, yes, we can do that. You know, yes, Matt, you could run around your block this afternoon. I guarantee that. Make it smaller, make it attainable, make it a smart goal. And that's where I think you have, you know, when you, with the marketing, it's the marketing's not right way to say this. When you do marketing activities, they aren't all the time active direct recruiting activities. I think that's the challenge is there's a little bit of, I don't know if it's perception, confusion, right? The, what the right word is. But if I go to Indeed and I put, $2,000 in an account, I'm going to have direct applications literally as soon as it cycles through and starts. If I do that in the marketing world, it's not going to lead to direct return in two hours. It, 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 that's not what it's set up for. Is it going to have a short-term effect? It can. Can it have a long-term effect? Of course. Can it be part of your overall strategy? Yes, that's the right way to look at it. So I think when your marketing's working, I hear education and just making sure you understand when you when you try marketing and do something like that, it has to be with the right mindset, the right buy-in, and the right goals. You know what also, uh, the wave I'm kind of on right now too is, is, again, putting it back to a fitness journey or some sort of goal and objective when it comes to health and well-being, is we need to look not only short-term, but also long-term. It's very, very hard to see progress from the gym after a day, after a week, after maybe even a year to visually see that impact. But if you look back at a picture of you and you're on a, a, a very dedicated fitness journey for two, three years, and you look at a picture from yourself back in 2021 and you can physically see like, holy crap, this is working. That to me is also marketing. We need those bite-sized wins, those micro wins 
did your blog get more traffic this week than last week? Did your bench go up five pounds? But let's celebrate that micro win. And then also let's look at Google Analytics or G4 now, which makes it a little difficult. But year over year, what's the progress? Year over five years, what's the progress? What does this mean for, you know, how many applications are we getting now compared to where we were in 2021? Let's look at those micro wins. Matt, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal that phrase because I like that wave right there. Let's steal those micro wins, celebrate those micro wins as it comes to our marketing, but also look big picture at where the heck was I in 2022? Is my business better off because of what I've been doing? Yes or no? Love micro wins because it helps with the challenge that progress isn't linear. And every day you're not going to have a micro win. You're not going to have a micro win. Anything you read if it's marketing, I'm, I'm big into sports, like with my golf game or anything, you, my golf game doesn't get better. If I put in 30 minutes of work, it's not going to get 30 minutes better every single day. I go play golf. But if I do it over time and you do it correctly, in theory, over three, six, nine, 12 months, two, three, five years, it will improve. It's like, you know, that's what we talk about all the time with content marketing. You want the 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 slow not the slow increase, doesn't have to be slow. You want the long-term increase. Uh, there's going to be ups and downs. Yeah, there'll be ups and downs just because, who knows, holidays, people are just not looking at content in the month of July, December. They look at it in January. But I love the micro wins because it helps with the short-term wins while keeping you on that long-term growth plan. I, I don't want to you know just stay on this forever, but I, th- I think it takes courage to understand when you have a micro win and when you look at six months, a year, two years, also having the courage to, to say, listen, this isn't working, right? Anybody who's listened knows, I'm, I'm sure everybody who's listened has tried to lose five pounds at some point. And after six months or a year, you say, listen, somehow the scale's going the wrong way. Well, what you're doing wasn't right and we need to tweak something. We need to change something. Your marketing is the exact same. Just because what worked for you back in 2020, it's not going to work for you in 2023. We need to change the strategy. We need to change the mix. We need to be nimble and agile with what we're doing. So Matt, how do you know your marketing is working? Um, if, if I can attempt to wrap this up for us, and please add if you need to. One, we need to know the goal. What is being? What are we trying to accomplish with marketing in the first place? What is the goal? From there... What does long-term success look like? And what do those micro wins look like? What are we going to celebrate every other week when we hit a certain goal? What are we actually going to get fired up about when we hit that micro win? What's the number? What are what data are we going to look at? How are we going to very easily articulate to management, to our team members, to other team members, hey, we're on the right path here, or we need to adjust. We need a new program. We need a new strategy. Matt, overall though, man, I think if you don't have a goal, you'll never know if your marketing is working or not. You're going to be doing stuff. It might feel good. It might look good on social, but you'll never actually know if it is working. Matt, let's talk recruitment marketing. You um, presented some data to me the other day and and we had talked about how applications are up. Um, But then you also kind of alluded to costs for those applications might be up a little bit. Walk us through that. What are you seeing? July was interesting in that... You know, just looking at our Indeed data, cost per click was up four to five cents a click, which is a decent amount. Um, applies felt up, especially in 
warehouse, office, more traditional staffing jobs. But what was really interesting is I think the conversion rate's going up. And I don't know if this is an E&D algorithm. I don't know if it's a ZipRecruiter algorithm. But what that means is the percentage of time someone clicks on a job to apply for a job, that's that's improving. It went from like 11% or 12% to 14% on Indeed. So it feels like more people are applying for jobs and the data is backing it up. So that's where I wanted to really go with, I think, recruitment marketing on our episode here on Insights is just, it seems like more people are applying for jobs. I know I'm repeating myself. So what do we need to do knowing that? How do we get to the point that we can take advantage of that from the fact of the challenge that we're still hearing here at Haley Marketing is quality isn't much higher, especially for these traditional staffing jobs. So we have to get to the point of if more people are going to apply, but how do we how do we capitalize on that and and get the best quality candidates? That screams database management to me. So and and Matt, you can take this how you want, but that's just what I heard. If you have a hundred people applying to a job, applies are up. We're getting good traffic. We're getting good people to apply. Let's say 17 are qualified for that job. Maybe it's not even that high. If you have three dozen job orders on your career portal, on your job board, what is Matt qualified for? Your team needs to vet candidates, not only for the role that they're actively working on, but also tag people effectively, put them into buckets in your ATS, work with them, talk to them, and figure out what you can do with them so that you can put them somewhere else. Matt, I I think one thing that we struggle with is I need to fill job order A. I need a welder. Okay, well, if seven welders apply, 15 marketers apply, and 28 nurses apply, is there anything else that you can do with those, what, 43 people that I said who aren't perfect for job A that you're actively laser focused on, but what can you do with them in the future? So I, I think, Matt, the, the worst thing that we can do is just let any sort of candidate fall into a black hole right now. Yes, all I'm hearing right now is we need job orders, we need clients, we need to, we need prospects, we need to have sales conversations. Great, I understand that. But you also need to fill every job order that you have open or you're not going to get paid. How do you do that? You have candidates that fill those roles, right? And you only do that effectively by having the right database of people and a clean database of people to do that. You have to fill it quickly. Um, when you have those open job orders, that's that's a huge advantage right now. But with going back to database management, we hear that a lot. Some people don't put every candidate into their database. I hate that. Um, we do hear that, and I absolutely hate that. That just feels lazy to me. Yeah, I don't know which way I go with that because I could understand if I'm a healthcare staffing agency and I get a non-healthcare candidate that's totally unqualified. Do they need to be in there? So you were saying talking about database management. I'm thinking about this. How could you then leverage, okay, the the non-healthcare candidate applied to my jobs at the healthcare company? Like, what can you do? Could you send them referral emails? Could you send them something else like that? Because what can you do to to capitalize, seems to be my word today, on on having those candidates in your database? So let's talk about that. And maybe we set up automation to do this for us. Somebody that applies. You place welders exclusively. Let's use welders and nurses just because it's so extreme that it's easy for my brain to talk about. You place welders. That's all you do. Nurses are applying to your roles. Okay. 
let's set them up with some sort of referral program. Maybe you belong to an association like the Colorado Staffing Association, or you belong to an association of other staffing agencies in your area. Who can you refer your candidates who don't fit your roles to? How can you be the 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 how can you be the resource that they need when they need it? Okay. So yes, you can't help them and place them right now, but who can you refer them to? And where I'm thinking that's going then, Matt, is okay, how do you set up a referral program with Matt's staffing firm who places nurses but not welders? So anytime they get a welder that applies, they send them to you. We need to be and the I mean, our industry is about putting great people to work and great opportunities, right? So by definition, we need to work together as as individuals to put them in great opportunities. That to me, Matt, is is a, a automation that you set up. You say, listen, unfortunately, right now we don't place nurses, but Matt's staffing firm does. I'm great friends with Matt. I'd love to put you in contact. Here's his email. Tell him Brad sent you and and have a conversation. That's a crazy value add, crazy good one. Like think about. I think it's great because like. If I apply to a job I'm not unqualified, that I'm unqualified for, and they're going to tell me, "Hey, Matt, you're unqualified for this job, but I have a job for you with my buddy Brad." Like that's that's I know. I mean, that's, that's we're not, you know, figuring out a new way to slice bread here, but like it happens with companies having partnerships and, and shares and all that. But I think that could be a really nice value add. It could it'll lead to helping with your employment brand. Could lead to some good reviews. And it, it, you're just you're helping out those candidates instead of everyone in the office being like, oh, another unqualified candidate for my jobs. We're able to get those candidates. What can I do to get them placed? Matt, I'm trying to think of an analogy, and I feel dumb for not being able to articulate it the right way. Is it is it Miracle on 31st Street where, or maybe it's just J.C. Penny in general? Didn't they put out an ad where like we don't have this product, but here's where you can get it? I'm trying to think of something. I, I Somebody did. Right. And it's, it's, and maybe you can Google search faster than I can, but I remember a marketing play a while ago, right? So we're, we're talking a while ago where you couldn't get a product in this particular store. And I, I don't know if I'm calling back to a movie or if this actually happened. I want to say it was pennies. They didn't have the product, but they put out marketing materials on where to get the products so that they were seen as a resource for their customers. And that token of goodwill, that faith, right? That that help drove business forward. That's exactly what we're talking about here. You can't help place nurses directly. So then refer them to where they can get placed so that when their friend who is a welder needs a job, they know where to go. So when their mom who's a welder needs a job, they know where to go. We're playing the long game with all of this, but we're doing so by being good people and being good humans. Were you able to find the answer? No. So here's what we're going to do. And I'm pretty good at Google and just failed. Um, hopefully our listeners can help. Let us know. Let, yeah. What am I talking about? Am I making this up? I, you know what we should have done? Instead of going to Google, I should have went to GPT. GPT would have had the answer. Um, but yeah, if if y'all know what I'm talking about, I know I'm I know I'm right. I just can't, and I'm not making this up. I just can't exactly remember where it's from. So if you know what marketing, I guess, tactic I'm talking about, whether it's from a movie, I believe it was JCPenney's. But either way, shoot Matt or I a message on LinkedIn so that we can give you a shout out in the next episode and uh, really, really call back to the, the marketing tactic that I'm talking about. Matt, you good on that one? Yes. Yes, we are. 
Friends, I want to remind you about Smart Ideas Summit 3 taking place Tuesday, September 12th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Smart ideas from the smartest minds in staffing. During Smart Ideas Summit 3, you're going to get seven hours of priceless ideas over 14 speed talks. Completely free to attend. You do not need to join every talk. What you're going to do when you sign up for Smart Ideas Summit 3 by going to haleymarketing.com slash smartideas, you'll register, you'll get a Zoom link. If you want to pop in and out, you want to join when you don't have meetings, great. You want to watch the whole thing and listen while you work? Fantastic. You want to fire it up in a conference room at work and listen with everybody else and grow and learn? Fantastic. But friends, you got to sign up to get access to Smart Ideas Summit 3. And you do so by going to haleymarketing.com slash smartideas. Again, we are bringing you more ideas from top thought leaders throughout the staffing industry. This is our third year doing this to help you succeed in 2023 and beyond. Some of the speakers that you'll hear from on Smart Ideas Summit 3, Barry Asen, Tom Erb, Mark Winter, Eric Gregg, Jerry Grady, Jason Leverant. We have Marianne McLaughlin, and then we have a wide range of individuals from Team Haley who will be sharing their insights with you as well. Again, 14 speed talks, seven hours, all taking place on Tuesday, September 12th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can save your spot by going to haleymarketing.com slash smart ideas. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us, you could tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at haleymarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can reach out to info at haleymarketing.com. Be sure you tell them Insights sent you. My podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley. See you next time.